It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the show, Monday Night Sports Talk, with you until 6 o'clock this evening. The Brad Underwood Show comes your way at 7 o'clock tonight with the Illini coach and Brian Barnhart. Sports editor of the uh, News Gazette, Matt Daniels, is in the house. How are you, Matthew? Good, Steve. Matt Daniels. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right, Steve. It's it's a Monday. It is a Monday. We've got a Monday show for you with the phone lines (laughs) open, 356-9397. Scott Ritchie, basketball beat writer, is here as well. Fresh off some home cooking last week, eh? Went home and visited the folks. And yeah, I, I didn't see any food that you, you brought. Care with, package with, back? No, I, I thought Robin and I were tighter than that, Scott. But I mean, she did say hello, and um, <laughs> there are some, perhaps some holiday treats. Saw still, this baking, still waiting I for saw you. All this baking and shoe photos you put out on social media last week. We can't have the shoes because they're currently on my feet. Oh, yeah, but. Uh, it, there might be some cookies with okay. your name on them. All right. Bob Osmussen with us on the telephone. Happy New Year, Bob. Hang on a minute, Bob. Now speak, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Happy New Year to you. I'd like some cookies also. You, you got an order in for cookies as well, huh? I'd like some cookies. I'm, I'm guessing Scott's mom's cookies are awesome, my guess, based on what Matt talks about. And so I, I'm hoping the eye... Buy some of the door. That'd be good. Well, here's the thing, Bob. I made them. What? Oh, my. Maybe I don't not want the only, He changed his mind. Not the only baker in the family. <laughs> no, I'm good. I, I, I'm guessing Scott, Scott and I have had some great uh, meals on, along the, on the road for the last couple of years. So I'm guessing we, it's probably pretty good. I'm bet, I'll bet they're good. So I'm going to give I'll you try. a little behind-the-scenes action here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this afternoon, I talked to Bob on the telephone. Okay. Told him about some of the things that we were going to uh, to do on the show tonight. We actually had a pre-production meeting. We did. Bob and I did. We, <laughs> we didn't include you two, Sorry. but uh, we got yeah. things worked out. But last week, with Bob being uh, at home and, mm-hmm. and talking to us on the phone, he sometimes texts me during yeah. the show, which mm-hmm. sometimes I see and sometimes I don't. But last week he texted. Sometimes he texts me regularly, and sometimes <laughs> I see him, and sometimes I don't. Well, he texted me no towards, offense, towards the end of the show last week okay. and said, hey, I want to make a prediction on the Ohio State-Clemson game. Well, I mm-hmm. didn't see the text till I was getting in my car <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. at uh, five minutes after six. So, Bob, go ahead and tell me what you told, or tell the folks, the millions of people listening, what you told me this afternoon that you were going to say. Ohio State would win. I was sure of it. And I, I think I said it on the Evans show Wednesday. I'm pretty sure I did. Hopefully I did. I wanted people to believe me. So I told you today, thinking, well, maybe Steve will believe it. Maybe not. It doesn't matter. I mean, I'm hoping you do. But, yeah, I was sure. I don't know why. I just thought everybody's kind of saying, like, they're assuming Clemson and Alabama couldn't play for the title. I just thought Ohio State, every time I've seen them, except for Indiana, they played really well. So I just thought they would come back, play a good game, 
they were rested, and I know that offense is fantastic, which they were. So I wasn't surprised. wasn't surprised one time to bet. I did, however, say I thought the Notre Dame Alabama game would be would be closer than it ended up being. I thought I thought Notre Dame could hang with a, a touchdown or maybe ten points, and they didn't do that. But they they played okay, but they were they were no match. But but I was sure about Ohio State, and I think they're I think Ohio State's going to win the next game too. Wow, we're hearing that on Monday. That's pretty good. The game's a week from tonight. Yeah, we'll yeah, see. They're, they're uh, Alabama's really, really good, and I think they're going to have a wide receiver, Devontae Smith, win the Heisman tomorrow night. So uh, we'll maybe. Yeah, it's super maybe. secret ballot. It's so this. I'm sorry, this is off on a rant, but why can't you reveal who you voted for Heisman ahead of it? Like, what what difference it's does tradition. that make? It's tradition, Matt. They want to. They want It's. It goes back to the Heisman. People are very much into the way things used to be. And they want people that uh, respect that privacy of the uh, vote. They want to. They wanted to be surprised. If everybody could get all the votes, they would know who was going to win. They wanted to be surprised. And frankly, tomorrow, I'm I'm going to be surprised because I know who I voted for. I'm not sure who Scott voted for, but I think I I've, I threw the four finalists on my ballot, of course. But I think I'm not sure who's going to win. Frankly, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Alabama vote is going to be split. Or I, I don't think Kyle Trask will win. I don't think Lawrence will win. I think one of the other two will win. I'm just not, not sure how that's going to all break down. Remember, the vote was due like a week or so ago. So I think it's it's going to be it's going to be um, it's a tough call. Scott, what do you think about the vote being turned in a week or two ago? I mean, would you rather wait till the season's over? I mean, a lot of these games are. Well, we have this great thing in 2021 called technology, so exactly. you can vote. You could do it then. Not sending my vote in by telegram. <laughs> uh, no, it's, I mean, so the games that happened in between, I think the deadline was December 21st, so from there to when the winner will be announced, the games, I don't know, did they matter? I mean, and that's you know, the, the case of you know, a lot of the... I mean, the bowl games, there's an argument they don't matter. But, I mean, like, the national semifinals, those games are going to they do. And, you know, there were multiple Alabama players that played really well. And maybe you look at Trevor Lawrence is like, well, is he really worth, is he a candidate? Should he have been a finalist? Let me ask you this. You should, don't have, he have had, should he have had his mustache? <laughs> you don't have to tell no. me who you voted for, but... I can't. Oh, I can't. I know. So I'm don't. legally don't obligated do that. not to. What, what would happen, though, uh, if you did? Really I'm serious. What would happen? Bob would take my vote away. He would lose his vote. He honestly would lose his vote. But let me, let me ask both of you guys a question. If you could, would you vote... If you could vote today, would your vote be different than what you turned in? For me, no. Go ahead, no. Go ahead Scott. Uh, no, it, it's too. no for me. Mine would not be that. No for me too. Okay. I agree with with what Scott said, and I agree with totally. I've said for years, Eisenman vote should be after everything's done, because I think Vince Young would have won the year that Texas beat USC. He didn't win. He would have won. There, I think there's example after example of people that would have won had the board game been counted. And I agree that the board games count for everything else. Why they don't count for this most important award? I'd say most, probably the most prestigious award in sports. Do you guys agree or not? Yeah. I think there's nothing there. more talked about. What else would it be? 
I don't know. I'm just thinking yeah. about the tradition of college football and how it, uh, this whole uh, everything that's happened in 2020 around sports and everything to me has just shown the glaring problems that exist in college football and how there's no real oversight <clears throat> they're just kind of left to their right. own left to their own whims and do whatever they want to do because that's what they've always done but um as far as prestigious awards i mean it'd be hard pressed just you because it's I... it's you know been going on for so long i don't know if it has kind of the same same poll that it used to have. Uh, I don't think people are going to be. Well, I disagree. I, I, I stunning. Think more, Bob I disagrees think, with something already. Well, I don't think there's a more more important award in sports, more talked about an award in sports. Not just because I'm a voter and voted forever. I think I think just think it's cool. I mean, there's a lot of great awards. Every every sports guy has a great award, NBA and MVP, and all these awards are really important. But this one's kind of. It's a little, it's a little different to me. So well, I think, I, I think not, the, I think the trophy itself yeah. is unique, and I think that adds a lot of well, yeah. credibility to it. And I think you, if you think back on some of the iconic moments, that you know, Desmond Howard striking the Heisman pose in the end zone after his punt returning, so Ohio State. It's not like you see baseball players or NBA players striking the pose of the MVP trophy because I don't even. Be cool. Yeah, but even like in college basketball, you know, there's multiple awards for national player of the year. In, in college football, there's this singular one. Yeah, yeah it's neat the way all the former guys exactly. come back, former winners come back for it. Uh, no, I, I kind of yeah. I, looking back on it, you know, having hearing your your thoughts on it, Bob, I, I agree. I don't. I'd be hard pressed to name one other individual award that carries as much prestige and weight as, as the Heisman does. Busy day for and, Illinois football off the field. Uh, a lot of activity, including a new position announced: the um, assistant athletic director and chief of staff for uh, Brett Bielma. His name is Mark Torresani. He'll join us, by the way, at 5.30. We'll get a little more of an idea of his past relationship with Brett Bielma, and it's extensive. He's been with him all 12 years that he's been a head coach. Yeah, and uh, find out, too, exactly what a chief of staff for a college football program uh, entails. Uh, I'm sure it's a multitude of uh, items that they'll have to do, some glamorous some not so glamorous but yeah it's a another addition to to the staff that Bielma's uh assembling and comes on the heels of one on on Sunday night as well arguably you could argue maybe the most important hire a head coach might make is is the one Bielma made on on Sunday night with, I'm serving that up to you Steve with you. his strength and conditioning coach Tank Wright great name I can't say it enough we're going to say this numerous times and other media outlets that catch on or national media outlets are going to realize that that's arguably probably the best name you could have for strength and conditioning coach in college football. Tenarius Tank Wright replaces a guy I like and a mm-hmm. guy I hate to see go yeah. in Lou Hernandez. I I'm, I'm feel confident that Lou will land on his feet, still pumping iron and exactly. give, given the, <laughs> the, the, the gun salute, so mm-hmm. to speak. But uh, back to uh, guys coming and going. Uh, with uh, this announcement today on the chief of staff, Tim Knox, many mm-hmm. of us know very, very well and have worked with him over the years, has been the uh, director of football operations. He told me today that he is staying, mm-hmm. so he'll uh, his job may change a little bit. We don't know, but uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that uh, we see some of it. We mm-hmm. don't see a lot of, we mm-hmm. don't see it all, but there's a lot of stuff that those directors of football operations get into, and they handle the travel, the mm-hmm. hotel all the behind-the-scenes things. Yeah, and, and 
it'll be interesting too just how this dynamic works um with, with Knox and Tirasini just because Knox in the past has handled all the behind the scenes stuff so I'm sure there'll be some collaboration there and I think it just goes to show you kind of how people value Tim Knox he, this is his fourth Illinois football coaches work for he started with Tim Beckman then with Bill Cubitt then stayed on with Lovey Smith and now he's staying on with with the new staff here with uh, Brett Bielman in town so kudos to him and uh, continued success in his role also over the weekend the special teams <laughs> guys got together and decided they're coming back for yet another year Blake Hayes James McCourt and Ethan Tabell the long snapper the uh, place kicker and the punter all decided kind of collectively to play one more year and play a year under Brett Bielma. Yeah, and, and James McCourt, and, and let's all hope this, this game does transpire. The, the season opener for the Atlanta in 2021 season is against Nebraska, currently scheduled for Dublin in, in Ireland's capital city, and McCourt being a native of Ireland. Didn't think he would get the chance to play in that game when that game was announced in 2019, and now maybe he will. I don't, I don't really feel real confident saying that game will, will happen. Is that is that is that Bob chiming that was, in? That was a Bob sound effect. It's going to happen, but it's not going to be in, in Dublin. They're they're going to play, just not there. They're going to play in Champaign. I, I can't see any way in heck they can play that game. If we knew everything was going to be great by next August, definitely you could play it. But I think what I would do, and I think Illinois should do, push that game back a couple. Of years. You can always do that. You can always move a game. I think Ireland will want them back. I don't think you want to right now. You just can't make those plans. So I, I think that game's going to get pushed back. But you're right. It's, it's unfortunate James Court probably won't be able to go home for that game. But uh, I think that's a wise decision right now. How would you how would you plan for that? Why why would anybody anybody buy a plane ticket now to go to that game? No, no, you know, sureness that that game will be played. Well, Illinois is giving up the home game, so it would be a Fighting Illini home game would uh, most likely not be in week zero, as Kent Brown told Lauren and I on Saturday morning on Illini Pelo Saturday Sports Talk, that uh, it would probably be moved back to maybe the fourth or fifth game of the season where they've got a, a, an open date there. Makes sense, and I yeah. think both coaches, Bert Bielma and Scott Frost in Nebraska, right. would probably be okay with that, not, not opening the season, especially if that game is just in, in Champaign. Or, or so you get some non-conference games in there before yeah. you having to play a Big Ten game, so that, that's not all bad either. Exactly, and as we've seen in 2020, college football schedules can be adjusted on the fly. They don't have to be <laughs> set out 10 years in advance for the world to still And college basketball schedules could be made as the season moves along. <laughs> Exactly. Which yes. we're seeing as well. <laughs> Some uh, basketball news today. Scott Ritchie, uh, want to make sure he doesn't nod off on, the, on us over there while we're talking football. We've got more football to talk about. But uh, the uh, latest AP poll, the Illini, Derek Harper, Brian Leonard. Uh, Myers Leonard, too. That's what I meant, Myers yeah. Leonard. Okay. Number 12. Yes. That's where Illinois is in the uh, rankings right now this week. But... Number four in the net rankings, Scott. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean the net, the the early net rankings are always are like, you know, take them with a grain of salt. Sure. You know, Colgate is number sixteen okay. in the net, and Thanks. they just opened their season with two games this weekend. Gotta, so it's a good toothpaste brand. Um, well, they they, I mean, there's a big part of the net rankings is, um, you know, efficiency, and Colgate just dominated in there two games to start the season <laughs> this weekend. So, again, Illinois' fourth and that doesn't guarantee it's not like they're a number one seed right. should the season end tomorrow. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, higher is better, but let's probably wait a few weeks to kind of let... Uh, well, there's got to be a, a first net ranking, so... That yeah, and the first one in every year since they've done the net, which is started two years ago, has had, like, at least one team is like, how is it possible <laughs> that they're ranked that high? Um, and it's and that's what happens to me. It's just it's all math-related and driven by numbers. And uh, so, yeah, just give it a couple weeks. We'll see what happens, but... Uh, yeah, 12th in the, the AP poll, moved up three spots, and uh, still 7th in Ken Palm. Uh, so all of the the votes and the metrics favor Illinois through the first, uh, not I guess, a little over third of the season. Yep, so Illinois is one of seven Big Ten teams this week in the uh, top 25. Ohio State and Northwestern fell out of the top 25, but they're still getting some votes. Iowa is 5th, Wisconsin 8th, Illinois 12th, Rutgers 15, Minnesota 16, Michigan State is 23rd. So Michigan made a big jump of six spots. Uh, where'd you have Illinois? Where did you vote Illinois? I had them 13th. Okay. So essentially. Some people thought that was just right. Some people thought it was too high and others thought it was too low. Um, since Illinois keeps winning, it was probably, yeah, I think it's, Always, I have Illinois too low, maybe for for a portion of the fan base. But uh, when I have them thirteenth, they wind up at twelfth. I figure I, I got that one pretty much right. Yep, I would say you did. And the Illini play Thursday night, eight o'clock at Northwestern, and then it's nothing like a Sunday night game, eh? Uh, Sunday night game at home against Maryland. They don't want, uh, I guess, looking at the what turned out to be the Bears' schedule, playing at three forty. I guess they didn't want to split that. Illinois audience and have Illinois basketball playing at the same time. But. They don't want to split Scott Ritchie's attention, obviously. I think he checked out on the Bears a while back. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, always great when you can lose your way into the playoffs, <laughs> uh, as the Bears did uh, yesterday. Well, and just very briefly, some some interesting Big Ten scheduling news just came out ten minutes ago. The Nebraska Purdue game uh, scheduled for tomorrow night is postponed. Okay, uh, so that's two now, right? That's two, and Purdue obviously just played Illinois Saturday night in Champaign, and Illinois right. is supposed to go to Nebraska next next Wednesday night. So the fun continues into twenty twenty one. It is 528. This is Monday Night Sports Talk, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Steve Kelly with Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie. Phone line is open, 356-9397. We'll take a break and be back with more. Stay with us here on DWS. It is 531. This is Monday Night Sports Talk here on News Talk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Steve Kelly, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, the sports writers from the News Gazette, join me as always on Monday night to talk Illinois football, basketball, and whatever else might be on the mind of Illini sports fans. The phone line is open, 356-9397. As we mentioned off the top of the show, Brett Bielma named as assistant athletic director and chief of staff, Mark Torasani to that position today. And Mark is on the phone with us now. Mark, uh, congratulations on that post and uh, getting back together with uh, Brett Bielma. Tell me about how it all came about and a little more about what a chief of staff to a head football coach takes on on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thanks for having me, number one. Excited to to be here. Looking forward to getting my, my family to Champaign. Heard nothing but amazing things. And uh, you know, the short time I've been here, uh, very, very impressed with, with everything, everybody I've met and the 
the facilities are, are second to none. So really excited about that. Um, but yeah, I had, have a longstanding uh, relationship with coach, worked for him at both Wisconsin and Arkansas. So when he got the job, um, you know, he reached out, wasn't sure exactly how it would come together, but as the, the specifics started to, you know, be laid out, it made, it made too much sense, you know, a chance to, to come to a, a great program in the big 10 where I'm, I'm very comfortable and I have a great rapport with, with coach. So, um, really a no-brainer for me and my family. So I'm, I'm very excited about the opportunity. Um, and I believe your other question was, you know, what it looks like day-to-day. Uh, obviously, Tim Knox is here. He is a, a legend in, in the football ops world. Uh, I've known Tim for a very long time. We have a great relationship. So um, it'll be a little fluid on, on how our, our job duties end up, uh, where, where they end up landing. But, you know, Tim has unbelievable institutional knowledge. I've got a great rapport with with Coach Bielema, and as time goes on, both of those will grow, right? He'll he'll develop a better relationship with Coach, and I'll I'll learn more and more about what makes Illinois go, and uh, you know the two of us will attack it together every day, and and we'll see where exactly the the duties fall. But we'll we'll be doing this together, Tim and I, and and obviously there's a lot going on right now, trying to hire staff, trying to get to know the players, get get the schedule together, so. Um, eventually it'll, it'll be a little bit more, uh, detailed on who's doing what, but, but very excited to dive in and, and do this thing here, uh, along with Tim and coach. Well, the last couple of weeks, we've talked to a lot of people, uh, both on our radio shows and in the, the news gazette sports pages as well about the hiring of Brett Bielma. And you spent 12 years with him, as you mentioned, tell us about him and what Illinois fans can expect from him as head coach. Yeah, I think he's, uh, He's what you see in the media. He's he's a fun-loving guy, but he's very serious about football. He, he's going to want to uh, attack this thing. We're going to play a physical brand. You know, we're not going to beat ourselves. He's he's going to demand tremendous amount of accountability from the players on and off the field. You know, academics will be will be a high priority. Um, he'll he'll grow um, along with with the players, and, and he'll want them to to succeed in all areas. You know, academically, athletically, socially. So. He'll be demanding in that regard, but at the same account, he'll put his arm around the guys. He he loves on them. He lets them know he cares about them. Um, so you'll see you'll see a family type culture here. Um, but but everything he does and everything the program does, the way the players represent the university, will be in a first class manner. So excited to see it take shape. Um, but just having worked for him for so long, um, you expect that 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 amount of accountability from the players and staff. Hey, Mark, this is uh, Matt Daniels, the sports editor here with the News Gazette. Welcome to uh, to Champaign. What were you doing or, or what do you remember, I guess, in, in the past couple weeks at all when, when Brett maybe first reached out, whether it was via text or phone call, just kind of your initial reaction when he when he did reach out and, and kind of uh, kind of assess your interest in, in this job at Illinois? Yeah, at first it was just genuine happy, happiness for him and, and Jen. You know, um, obviously he's he's big 10 uh born and raised he's from the state of illinois so it was first just very happy for him and and you know my my very first comment was you need to keep tim knox because uh i've known tim for a very long time and like i said he is 100 percent one of the best in the business so that's where it started and then as as time went on and he he started talking to me about potentially coming um you know it had to make sense for my family and i my wife mm-hmm. and i are, are expecting our second child here in mid-february so that that weighed into the decision a little bit, but um, no, I mean, it's, again, it's a rapport with coach. It's, it's the big 10. It's a, you know, a university with amazing tradition. So as it, as it came together and he started to get into the specifics, I, I couldn't say no. What was your wife okay with you moving when she was, you know, what you said, you're well, expecting your second child in mid February. 
Yeah. Well, the God's honest truth is, you know, I have I had interest in going as a comfort with Coach, but I I put it on her, and she said we're going. So she's uh, <laughs> do what she says. She's right? from Arkansas. Yeah, that's exactly right. But she's from Arkansas, and and it's getting five hours closer to her family. Um, so it, it was a no brainer for her. And once once she was all on board, I I had to say yes. Bob Osmussen is also with us on the telephone, a longtime football beat reporter for the News Gazette. Go ahead, Bob. Hey, Mark. Um, th- congrats on coming here. I think you'll find this pretty nice place. Um, what are the most important things? If you do a rebuild, what are the most important things you find they really have to be, like the first couple things just have to get done to get this thing, get the ball rolling the right way? Yeah, I think the the most important thing are the kids that are already on campus, already a part of the team. You got to dive in and, and build relationships and, and see what you have uh, with the roster. You know, see what your depth looks like. Obviously, recruiting is always uh, going to be paramount when you're when you're putting a program together. But if you don't start with the kids you've already got, you got no chance. So I know coaches is uh, spending a lot of time getting our schedule right to get these guys back. Obviously with COVID there's different protocols you have to do, but that's, that's step one. You know, he made a big time hire with uh, Tenarius Wright, who I've always already worked with uh, in the, in the strength and conditioning world. So he's going to, he's going to be the first one to be able to put his hands on those guys and, and teach them how to compete the way coach expects. Um, But we'll, we'll, we'll dive in, get to know our roster and then, you know, signing days coming up. I'm not sure how many guys will be able to sign on, on such a short turnaround, but th- then it goes right to recruiting and, and building these guys up through the summer and ultimately hitting fall camp ready to roll. Um, but step one is for sure just, just getting to know what you've got and, and building chemistry with the guys on the team. And clearly we're going to have a new uh, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, so you gotta you got to implement your schemes and, and – you know, teach it at a pace that that everybody understands it. But also, you got you got to make up ground. You got to be ready to go when uh, when you play that first game. Thanks, Mark. Hey, Mark. This is Scott Ritchie. Uh, welcome to town. I guess when you have maybe an op staff that's a little bigger than just a one man show, and that staff you know includes a guy like Tim Knox. What does that maybe mean, just in terms of you know what? a bigger group can get accomplished on a, on a day-to-day basis kind of in that draft. Yeah, I mean, mo- oh, sorry to cut you off there. Most uh, most Power 5 programs have more than one guy. Tim's been a one-man band over here um, doing it all himself. So, I mean, it, it, it definitely – there's enough work to go around uh, for two. And some staffs have up to five guys, depending, you know, some of the SEC and other Big Ten schools. So I think we're getting on par with other schools. So really – It'll help us both be more efficient at our jobs, having someone, uh, for me, that's so well-versed. I'm going to learn from Tim, certainly about the way things need to be done here. Um, you know, there's there's so much change when you transition into a new a new place, business office practices, compliance, different different modes of operation. So he's going to teach me, and then he'll learn, you know, from me and the way Coach likes things done, and we're going we're gonna to help each other get better. Um, so to have a two-person op staff is certainly not out of – out of the norm it's actually very much uh, what you'd see around the big 10 was it ever a goal of yours or with football personnel moving around they do as much as they do i don't know how far out you set your goals but uh, having experience in the big 10 at wisconsin and most recently as michigan was getting back uh, or staying in the big 10 something that uh, appealed to you yeah, I think you you learn and you grow. I, I spent five years in the SEC, and that was the greatest thing I could have ever done is is to get out of my comfort zone and go down there and learn different ways to do things. But yeah, I cut my teeth at Wisconsin, and and I I fancy myself a Big Ten person. Love the Midwest. 
Um, but yeah, to, to, to leave was the best thing I ever did, but also it feels more at home to be back. So, um, no, know a bit about Illinois, very excited to, to dive in each day and learn more. But yeah, I, I think the, uh, coach is the perfect fit for Illinois. Obviously he's from the state. Um, the blueprint he has, uh, for the team is going to work based off of the, the types of kids you can recruit. You know, the academics are going to feel very familiar to him, uh, from his time spent at Wisconsin. So, I know I'm very much at home. I know Coach is, is uh, chomping at the bit to get going and get the kids back on campus. Mark, if you had to describe to someone off the streets or someone that just didn't know anything about college football what exactly a chief of staff does or a director of ops in a few sentences, I guess, how would you, how would you describe to them what your day-to-day role is? Yeah, I think the easiest way to say it is we, we take care of all the stuff so the coaches can coach. So we, our job is to put out fires, communicate very well i mean you've got so many different departments within a, a football program you got strength and conditioning you got sports medicine you got the equipment staff video academics you, you got administration compliance there's so many facets we're the we're the conduit to all those programs right so we we work with the head coach on coming up with the schedule and make sure we communicate effectively and if we do that at a high level it allows the coaches to coach and obviously another branch of that's the recruiting department that's it's so vast and spread now um you help it all click, right? So if we can do our jobs at a high level, it allows everybody else to do their jobs. And uh, when communication's high, you can tell because it becomes seamless and the coaches aren't dealing with a lot of the -the off-the-field stuff. But uh, if we can put out fires before they ever get to the head coach's office or the coordinators, it allows them to be more efficient in their jobs. Bob, back to you. Do you have a cool nickname like Tank? We can call you. We don't like that or not. That one's uh, that one's hard to beat. Uh, but uh, when I first got to Wisconsin, coach didn't have my name uh, quite down yet. So for a long time, he called me Tsunami. Um, <laughs> that's only used in small like circles. It. But no, you can't you can't top Tank. He's uh, he was born for that nickname. Just uh, Mark, before we let you go, just what do you remember about maybe your your first ever interaction with Brett Bielema at Wisconsin, or just your first? impression of him just from the time you got to know him at all yeah he's just he's as genuine as as they come he's he's a good person i mean what he says he's going to do he, he follows up on i mean i think you guys have seen he wears his heart on his sleeve he cares about his players he cares about his staff um and like i said what he what he says he follows up on he he's he's a caring man and he's you know he's hard nosed and blue collar and and that's what you're going to need to be successful in this league but my my initial thought when you bring up his name is just that uh, g- very genuine person. Hey, Mark, good to meet you over the airwaves. We look forward to uh, seeing you in person when you get to town and uh, things get back to closer to normal. We hope that's uh, soon. But uh, thanks for taking some time with us, and uh, good luck to you when you hit down here. Of course. Thanks for having me. ILL. I and I. Thank you very much. That's the new chief of staff for Brett Bielma. And his Illinois football team, he will also have the title of assistant athletic director. Mark Terrasani is his name, so he'll be on the job and probably is as we speak. On yeah, he's probably got to do a bunch of different things. I remember talking to Knox one time. This was five, six years ago, and this just kind of shows you the the very intricate, not integral intricacies, but just all the different things that they have to do. He told me, you know, before he's taking cars, or he's taking coaches' cars to get oil changes, he's 
you know, when Bill Cubit was here, for some reason, he could never set his watch properly. <laughs> so Knox would always be the go-to guy to, to set his watch. You know, I've seen him, you know, early morning practices in the winter, you know, making sure the steps leading yep. up to the practice fields are clear of ice so the players don't slip. I mean, they do anything and everything in the program that no one fully appreciates or understands. He's the nervous guy at the airport on football trips, so yes. wondering if the radio crew is going to make it with <laughs> With Kent Brown because we've missed all the buses from <laughs> doing the post-game show on a road trip. And uh, he's like the uh, last one on the plane. Tim Knox is waiting for everybody else to get there. Yeah, one way he described it to me, too, and I think this applies to all ops guys in, in college football, is yes, you can be – because Knox himself, he was a position coach for one season at Western Michigan. He was a running back coach. And he said – he told me, you know, you can really focus in on those six or seven guys. But when you're the director of ops or, in, in this case, the chief of staff, you've got a whole team that you can really focus in and, and you have to worry about too and, and everything else. So it's just bigger. He's They're almost like the, the gatekeepers of yep. college football programs. We've got more football to talk about, more basketball as well. We've got about 15 minutes left. We'll take a break and be back with more after this. See the showroom top. 548, this is Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. With the usual Monday night guys, Matt Daniels, sports editor, Bob Osmussen, longtime football B writer, Scott Ritchie, who does a little bit of everything, but basketball's his main thing right now. The Brad Underwood show coming up at seven o'clock tonight. Brian Barnhart will be there with the Illini coach. Also, Stephen Gentry is scheduled to be on the show uh, this evening, and former Illini Trent Meacham as well. Scott Ritchie, some news out uh, of the NCAA offices over in Indianapolis today about uh, March Madness and the upcoming NCAA tournament. Uh, six sites in and around Indianapolis is where the tournament will be played, and that's pretty exciting, I think, to, to have it, number one, that close, and uh, I think it makes a lot of sense and it was very well thought out. Yeah, well, I mean, there had been discussions that Indianapolis was going to be kind of the the one site, but today made it official, and you know they'll play games at Lucas Oil Stadium, Bankers Life Fieldhouse, Hinkle Fieldhouse, Indiana Farmers Coliseum, which maybe not quite as well known as where IUPUI plays. Okay, I wonder who played there. And then fitting for Uwe Pui to play at a Farmers Coliseum. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, first and sec- a few first and second round games will be played at Mackey Arena on the Purdue campus, and then at uh, the last remaining Assembly Hall in the Big Ten uh, on the Indiana campus as well. You know, not very far drives, but Indianapolis made a lot of sense as the lone site. You know, the Indiana you know, Convention Center is going to be essentially the the practice facility because you can fit, I think, upwards of 20 courts in there. And then there's a bunch of hotels that are connected to that convention center by Skywalk. So it's not going to be maybe full NBA bubble, but NCAA is still going to have a somewhat controlled environment to host the tournament. And it's just the fact that they're going to, they have plans to play it is sort of the most exciting news. It is. Did they say anything at all about fans? Right now, that's sort of like just uh, it's on a hold. Uh, there will be, you know, families of players and coaches will be allowed at the games right now. And then I guess between now and the middle of March, they'll kind of see where we are in the pandemic and and decide from there about, you know, if, you know, fans are allowed and even if they are at that point i i don't think you'll see them selling out you know bankers life Fieldhouse. well i'm just glad the fact that they're actually making plans to go forward with the the instantly tournament and you know it's been 
rumored for some time that India was going to be the the hub side, but to actually have concrete set plans in there. You know, Selection Sunday is still going to be what March fourteenth is the plans, and uh, the Final Four uh, April third, and the title game on April fifth at, at Lucas Oil Stadium there. So that'll be you're going they're going to set up two courts at Lucas Oil Stadium, but uh, they're not going to play two games at once. Yeah, to my understanding. Right, and I mean that way they can. If rotating between the courts, they can keep games going on one while they clean the other, and um, so you know the f- selection Sunday is set. Final Four still supposed to be the same. It's just the in between dates for first, second round, Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight that have not been firmed up yet, and I think that's just a matter of really figuring out how many games I can play per day, what the turnaround between games will be to you know get everything. You know, sanitized and what have you, but uh, either way, I mean, there's a plan in place for an NCAA tournament, and college basketball fans rejoiced this morning. On another subject pertaining to basketball, how many times has somebody told you over the last couple of days, I could show these guys how to shoot foul shots? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's Um, got an answer, right? Yeah, and I mean, 9 of 22... Against Purdue. Well, we th- we mentioned Lawrence Tate, Scott Ritchie, and I thought the three of us could go down there and do that well, maybe better. Well, I think Bob could chime in that he would make all of them because uh, he's known for shooting no. prowess. Bob, no, do you shoot him underhand? <laughs> no, I would like to, though. I, I think that's cool. I just can't do it. Right? Maybe they're working I, on I that right now stroke, at Oven. My strokes are loft. My strokes are loft. It's funny because. Will Chamberlain, really one of the greatest players of all time in the top ten and least top five, maybe could not shoot free throws. Mm-hmm. Steve, you remember him playing? Yep. Um, these guys never saw me. You're you're not born yet, I know. But he was he could not do it. It was amazing because he did have great touch. Steve, it seems like he, well, he dunked everything, but it seemed like he had a pretty good outside touch, but just could not. He tried everything. I mean, he literally tried everything, couldn't get it done. So it tells me it's it's got to be kind of a mental thing, right? Must Absolutely, be. it's like a six-foot putt. You know, you you feel good over it. You're you're going to make it. You're not going to make them all, but uh, it definitely is a mental thing. Yeah, not going to make them all, but should probably make better than forty percent of them, right. which is what Illinois. They're shot. shooting sixty-eight percent of the year now. So yeah, well, in that one game, pulled that down yeah, considerably because sure <laughs> you know, before, I mean, they shot sixty percent essentially, sixty point something um, against. Missouri, and that was the the low point until until Saturday. Uh, but I mean, more games at seventy percent are better than than not. And you know, Kofi Coburn missed all of his free throws. He kind of re- has regressed because he started out that way last year, then got pretty good. Yeah, by the end of the year, he was shooting sixty seven percent as uh, by the end of his freshman year, which I think you take from your seven foot center. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it's just gotten much worse and. I don't, you know, Brad Underwood, you know, mentioned the fact that they had to take three days off and the coaches couldn't be in the gym with them and kind of alter their their you know momentum a little bit, just their rhythm. But players still got in the gym in those three days and worked out together. I imagine they shot some free throws. Uh, so I view it more as an anomaly. I imagine they shot some more this week. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> That's probably all they've done since Saturday. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I think I view it more as an anomaly right now. Uh, of course, if they go to Evanston on Thursday and can't make any then, 
Um, I don't know what the fix is, but you know, Brett Underwood joked after Saturday's game that he was not the free throw coach <laughs> for that game. Uh, but someone maybe should uh, figure out, you know, who that guy is. Need to take one more break. We'll do that. I'll be back with some final words in just a moment. Stay with us. We're a couple of minutes away from six o'clock on this edition of Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Bob Osmussen, back from a little bit of time off. What are you working on this week? I'm jumping into basketball a little bit. Wrote a story. I watched the uh, virtual uh, uh, Rebounders Club uh, luncheon today. I went to that. And I'm going to write about basketball. That's got all sorts of ideas for me. This is going to be fun. And, Scott, one of the other questions, I'm sure, besides the foul shooting uh, that you've been asked is, how come Carmelo is not starting? <laughs> <laughs> Funny you mention that. I wrote about that for Tomorrow's News Gazette. I kind of figured that might be coming. Uh, and mostly because you know, Brad Underwood uh, is fine with Andre Carmelo coming off the bench. Andre, and so is Andre Carmelo. Yeah, Andre Carmelo is okay with that, too. Uh, most of the fan base, not so fine. Yeah, but uh, he still plays starter minutes. He finishes games. Uh, I don't understand. Maybe the, they just want to see his introduction in the starting line, yeah, what he does. I guess. And, I mean, there have been, quote-unquote, slow starts the last three games, but they've also managed to win them. So I think there's a, much it, ado about nothing They right got now. outscored 19 to nothing in the middle of the game. <laughs> Made, what was it, 9 of 22 foul shots. Still won. Still won. And Andre Cabello is playing really well. And Illinois is the number 12 team in the country. Maybe don't mess with what's working. All right, Scott. Bob, thank you, my friend. Matt, what do you got coming up? Just more stuff for them to do. (laughs) That a boy. (laughs) He's a task master. Appreciate it, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Steve. Thanks to Ed Bond as well on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. This is Steve Kelly for the guys. Thanks for listening, and have a good night.